0: Believe it or not, all of that stuff really did happen. And uh, we had so much fun this week. It has been an incredible week around here. I mean, VBS is one thing, but then to top it off with all the kiddos uh, singing and a baptism for a couple of our students, it has been an incredible week. And it's so incredible that I don't have much of a voice left, so you'll have to stick with me. Uh, we did a little bit of screaming and, and singing and dancing uh, this week, but it was an awesome week. I want to thank sincerely thank all of our amazing volunteers, close to 100 volunteers, over 200 kids we saw this week for Vacation Bible School. I just want to praise God for all the amazing volunteers. So give your Yourselves a round of applause, absolutely. You want to see the church be a church, be the church, be the body of Christ. There are certain things that we do throughout the year, and vacation Bible school is one of those, where it takes everybody. Sometimes we make the mistake when it comes to children's ministry that this is something just for the people that you know enjoy working with kids, or it's something just for young parents with young kids. But this it was an all-church effort, uh, all the different volunteers from shepherding the, the excuse me, the kids around to, to crafting, to song leading, to being a fool for Christ uh, in the skits, to giving the Bible lessons or the greeting, even our highly trained security team that made sure that we ended the night with as many kids as we started the night with, that's always uh, a bonus, to keep your kids safe, not just physically, and I want you to hear this, but to keep your kids safe spiritually. That is the utmost importance. For us, that they would know that this is a place where they are loved and, and welcomed, and it's not just during vacation Bible school. It's every single week for those gobs of kids that are in the nursery right now, that our nursery has spilled over into the next classroom, because we outgrew that, uh, so we're excited about that, uh, and the kids that are in Hope Kids, that if you hear random screams during the middle of the service, those are good screams, and those are coming from upstairs where your kids are, uh, but our number one goal and our desire for all those things is your kids would not only be safe physically, but safe spiritually. That they would know that this is a place where they can come and be loved uh, and accepted. That they're going to have an absolute blast and it's going to be laser focused on Jesus Christ. But they'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt, here I'm loved. Here I'm valued. Here I'm lifted up. Here I'm celebrated and I'm not going to experience religion. I'm not going to experience spirituality full of guilt and pressure, but simply an invitation. That's what I love about Reese and Aubrey this morning, is that they came to me and they said, we want to get baptized, and they drug their parents along to the baptism class. No, they didn't do that. They all came together, but they said, we want to be baptized. There's more stories coming in that as well. In fact, to be loved, to be accepted, to not experience guilt or pressure, that's our desire for all of us, for all of you as big kids as well. And so, Friday night, uh, after we had kind of our big final uh, closing celebration with all the the kids, and most everybody had gone home, and we were cleaning up and everything like that, I was laying up here on the stage, yes, laying up here uh, on the stage, uh, and a few thoughts ran through my head as I can feel my bones and my muscles aching. Number one, I am not 20 anymore, and I am exhausted. Uh, Even Splash Dude, uh, my name this week, uh, gets tired once in a while, but it was also so worth it. And the second thing that crossed through my head, you know sometimes God speaks loudly and sometimes God just whispers. Sometimes God just speaks or gives you a little nudge and I just felt in the stillest and smallest of ways, God just say, John, you haven't had that much fun in a long time, have you? I said, no, I haven't. The the, the kids, your kids, they bring that out in me. It's inspiring. And it wasn't so much you haven't had that much fun as in, as in fun kind of superficial happy, happiness or something like that. It was, it was deeper. It was this, it was this um, deep, uncontainable sort of laugh out loud joy regardless of circumstances. And, and I know that because not everything is perfect in my life today. And I know that not everything is perfect in your life as well. I hear about it. There's people that have lost jobs. There's people that were at VBS that don't have a home right now, and yet they're serving. There are those of you that are having relationship struggles or marriage struggles or trouble parenting your kids or all, anything that's going on, fear of the future, stress, anxiety, any of these things, and yet you were there, and yet you were serving. So often we look at our lives and we say, well, God, it's not a good time to, to go all in with you to, to get soaked in your love because my life is a mess right now. And God says, Come anyway. Come get dunked. Come get soaked in my love. So often in our lives, we're waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel before we can experience joy. And the beauty of the gospel and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ because of what he did on the cross and rising again on the third day to defeat our sin and our death and our guilt and our shame is that you can experience a light in the middle of the tunnel. Whatever you're going through today, you can experience that joy that you saw in the video that you saw from the kids this morning, I I will tell you this, it is not surface level. They are inspiring because it is the joy of the Lord. And that joy came out in some of you as well. We say this all the time that VBS is just as much for the adults, but there are some people in this congregation that danced the night away every single night. And I know this for a fact because some of the same folks that you saw dancing up there in the aisles are, you're some of the same people that I look out because I watch you, I do, during worship, and you wouldn't be caught dead raising your hand or even shifting your weight during worship, for pity's sakes. And yet, you, you were boogieing down, and here's how I know that you haven't danced in a while. We've got actions coordinated for all these songs. Well, you just kind of went for the last time that you danced. And I saw a lot of Saturday Night Fever going on, a lot of things probably from your 80s prom dance or something like that. There was some weird dancing going on, folks. But there was a lot of dancing in the house of the Lord. And so I want to see some more of that on Sunday here. It's okay if you get out and kind of move around a little bit. That's okay. It's just further proof. VBS proves every single year that the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is Lutheran. We know that for a fact for some of you. So, uh, watching the kids this week, though, I was reminded, and this is why we do it, I was reminded several times that in the Gospels, Jesus actually lifts up kids. These kids, the ones that were baptized, the ones that were singing, the ones that, that, that made a mess, a holy mess in this building. Jesus lifts up those same kids and says, this is an example of what it looks like to live in the kingdom. And so as we get started, I just want to share two observations, two reasons that I believe that Jesus lifts up kids as a model for us in the Christian faith of what it looks like to live in the kingdom. And the first one is simply this, it's how they listen and receive so Openly. Everybody say receive. receive. Oh, say receive. receive. And when I say receive, I don't mean just hear it and it goes in one ear and out the other. I mean receive and let it all the way in. And some of you that are parents, you're like, do they listen to anything? They don't listen to me at home. Let me tell you, uh, they listen. One of the nights when we were done, a little girl, I think, a, I don't know. Uh, first or second grade girl, really, really young girl comes up to me and she goes, hey, Splash Dude. And that was my name, obviously. And she says, God loves you, dude. And that's one of the things that we did uh, during the week. And I said, well, does he love you? And she goes, yep. And I go, no, because one of our sayings was, no matter what. And I looked at her and I say, no matter what. And she kind of looks at me and goes, like that. (laughs) Like, they get it. They listen they receive it. Have you? Have you been soaked in God's love? Have you, have you let it all the way in? Or are you still trying to earn it? One of the things I love about kids is that they just receive it. Because as we grow up and as we get to become boring, serious adults, some of us, we think that we have to keep proving ourselves to a God that already loves us. We think we have to keep earning something that we already have. And it's called grace. And the reason it's called grace is because we don't deserve it, but we receive it anyway. These kids receive so openly. Why does Jesus lift up kids? Number one, they receive. And number two, they hold nothing back when it comes to faith. Their passion for Jesus is contagious. Everybody say passion. 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 This week, from the moment these kids arrived on our property, they were so pumped and excited to be here. I was kind of watching out as, as you as parents drove up and grandparents drove up and dropping your kids off. There was kids like jumping out of cars with their bags and everything. Not not moving cars, but kids jumping out of cars, uh, ready to come in. I watched this one little girl kind of hanging up here uh, one night in the lifeguard chair, and I I watched this little girl come in. Her group uh, was up here in the front. And you know, normally when you walk into church, like everybody just kind of walks like normal, and it's another Sunday going to church. Not this girl, though. She was bouncing and jumping and singing the songs all the way down, and then down this aisle right here to get to her shepherd group. I watched her. She was so excited at VBS. She was running and skipping and hopping, and then she just kind of did this side shuffle thing all the way up here to the front. And I'm just saying, when's the last time you side shuffled into church, all right? I'm just saying, these kids can teach us a lot about passion. And because for most of these kids, here's why, I, it, it's deeper than being a kid. I want you to know that. It's deeper than just child, childishness It's child likeness and I think it's because for most of these kids they haven't yet realized (laughs) they haven't yet believed the lie that every other opinion matters except the God that created them. We told them over and over again this week you are valuable you are loved and you are treasured and somewhere along the line as adults we forget that. This isn't a show to say look at some cute kids. Jesus says Look, are you stuck in your faith today? Are you a little dry? Are you parched? Are you disconnected from Jesus Christ? Look around you. Jesus says, this is it. I want you to receive my love. I don't want you to overly analyze it. Receive it. Believe it. Know that it's true for you. Now, some of you are sitting there this morning saying, oh, that's great, Pastor John, that's cute, we can do these songs, and, and that's awesome, but, but isn't what you're saying that, that if you really love Jesus, you know, you're gonna have all this energy and excitement, and, and every day you're gonna be like an extrovert, and you're gonna be up here jumping around and, and going crazy and clapping, and that's real passion for Jesus. It's all that outward stuff. Have you ever wondered why scholars and those that make movies and write books for centuries have called the final days of Jesus' life the passion of Jesus, the passion of the Christ. Everybody say passion. Passion. In Jesus' final week, he was betrayed, he was abandoned, he was in so much agony that he sweat blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was arrested, beaten, flogged, and nailed to a cross, and they call that passion. They're not talking about VBS. They're not talking about being extroverted. The Latin roots of the word passion are a little bit closer to sacrifice or even surrender. Jesus was fully surrendered to God's mission, to his plan. Way more than high energy when it comes to passion. Jesus is looking for hearts that are fully surrendered to Him, that are all in. Let me say this I am so thankful for your passion this week as a church. We could not do it without you. For those of you as volunteers, we could not do it without you. But you know where else I'm thankful for your passion? is if you watch after our services there'll be some people that come up for prayer and you're always welcome to. There's some people that always hang out up here unnoticed behind the scenes, quiet, unassuming, not in the spotlight, praying for people every week. That's passion. Some of you were here before the sun came up this morning. Getting the food, delivering the food, serving the food, driving the bus, making sure that people can get here that otherwise wouldn't have a chance to get here on the bus. That's passion. The way that you stay connected with your small group in the summer, even though everybody else is taking the summer off from God. You said, no. I know there's some of you that said, no, we're going to meet every single week because you're passionate about Christ-centered community. That's passion. Way more than energy, Jesus is looking for your heart. The Greek word for passion is pathos. Everybody say pathos. We're learning all sorts of words here this morning. It means to feel deeply. It means to feel intensely about something or someone. And if that's the case, if we're honest, all of us are passionate about something. The question is, is what? And so I wonder this morning, what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? When, if you have a free day to do anything, what would you do? If you're lying awake at night, what do you think about? What's at the center of your life? What are you most passionate about? What do you love the most? What are you affectionate about? What do you delight in? So I want you to think about that for a second. If you had a free day to do anything, put money aside, travel aside, time aside, you had a free day to do anything, what would you do? What do you love? What do you passionate about. So what I want you to do is turn to your neighbor right now. Yes, we're actually doing this. Even those of you that are introverts, I'm one too. We can do this, okay? Turn to one person next to you and share with that other person, what are you passionate about? What do you love? Go for it. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to cut you off there. Folks, I said one thing, one thing, and you just keep on talking, right? Quit being so chatty. Okay. Okay. I need some brave souls, I just wanna yell out five or six of them, just, you know, remember we're in church, so appropriate people, okay? So what are some things that you are passionate about? Just yell them out. Football, golf, Golf. okay, we like sports. Music, what else? Family, Family. Family. nature. Trout? Travel. Travel, okay. I mean, I could write it up there. It's great. A couple more. A couple more. What's that? Sobriety. Sobriety. Good one. Fishing. I'll put fishing slash trout just so we get that out there. <laughs> awesome. So we got all these things. You want to know what I'm passionate about these days? It's a little thing you're not going to realize. Oh, man. A little thing called Netflix. Have you discovered this thing? Oh, my word. It's amazing. <laughs> All of West Wing together, and then I can just flip over to Curious George for the kids anytime. This is amazing. This is God's gift to us, is, is Netflix. Everything in moderation, right? You are a passionate church. There are a lot of things that you love, that you get excited about. You're a passionate church that's a part of a passionate city. And w- what I see a lot as I look around our city and I, as I talk to a lot of you, there's a lot of people that are passionate about something that I'm going to call the good life. The good life. And what I mean by that is, 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 is a lot of good things. It's, it's health and it's fitness and it's organic food and it's eating and, and, and cooking and, and, and being cultured and, and, and having a good, good family and, and well-behaved kids and a, and a nice house and getting your kids into a good school and, and having a good job and good family and good friends and all of those things are good. Don't get me wrong. All of these things, all of these things are good. Jesus isn't setting up some sort of thing here. I want you to just be passionate about me only and nothing else. All these things are good. There's a lot of things in your life. Jesus comes to you today and says, I want to be your one thing. I want to be your one thing. There's a reason I left the middle blank. Because Jesus says, I want you to have joy. Not all these things are bad. Jesus says, I don't want to steal your joy. I just want you to be passionate about the right things. I want you to worship the right things. I want you to have the right thing in the middle because I want to give you joy. I don't want to take your joy. Jesus says, but when you tether your joy to me, all of those other things find their place. When you are passionate about me, all those things find their meaning and their purpose. Because here's the thing everything else is going to let you down because it will never be able to satisfy your soul. It'll never be able to satisfy your soul. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ can do that. He wants to give you joy, not take it this morning. And if you look at that, this is a 2017 visual version of Paul's sermon here in Acts 17. If you heard the scripture that was read, you know we've been going through this series in the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open up to Acts 17. We're going to talk about that just for a little bit. Acts 17, we've been going through this series of the beginnings of the early church, and it's spreading, and now we're in Greece, we're in Athens, and Paul is there, he's one of the greatest missionaries of the church, and he finds himself in Athens, which is a city full of very smart, very educated, very cultured, very passionate people, and yet a very distracted people. What you got to know is that because of the history of ancient Greece and Athens, as Paul walks around this city, he sees temples and statues built to gods. Not the god, but multiple gods. The sun god and the moon god and all these gods and goddesses and and temples built to them and Zeus and all all these old gods from the Greek's ancient past that are still there that people worship, as we'll find out even later, even a temple to an unknown god. Paul gets invited to speak at this place called the Aragopagus, which translates to Mars Hill. You may have heard of some churches named Mars Hill. That's where it comes from. Way back in college, I was able to go to Greece and Italy, and we went to Mars Hill. And I stood right where Paul gave this sermon in Acts 17. It was an incredible experience. It's a big rock. It's a big rock. It's this big cliff, this big hill. And so some of the scholars and philosophers there, the the big thinkers in Athens at the time, invited Paul to speak. And he says, people of Athens, and let's read this together, this is what he tells them. I see that in every way you are very religious. Paul says, I see that in every way you are very passionate, that you are very religious. He goes on, for as I walked around and looked at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. There's lots of passion in Athens because there's lots of worship, because that's how it works. That's what we do with the things that we love the most. We worship them. Whatever gets your time, whatever gets your attention, whatever gets your focus, whatever you're passionate, whatever you're affectionate about, that's what worship is is. And notice Paul here is meeting them where they're at. He's not guilting them. He's not shaming them. He's saying, we have some common ground. We don't believe in the same God, but we have some common ground. There are things that we are all passionate about. But then Paul gets to the point, he says, but you're missing it. You have unknown gods. And if we're not careful, we can as well. Paul says, You're missing the one thing. You're missing the God that created you, that knows you better than anyone else. And he he goes on in verse 24 and 25. The God that made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he gives himself, gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Translation, Paul says, you guys... Don't forget who put breath in your lungs to get you out of bed today. Don't forget the one who created all of this. Don't forget the one who gave you a mind in order to be educated. The ideas in order to be cultured. Don't forget who created joy. For some of you, the joy of getting married, the joy of having kids, and holding that child in your arms for the first time, and watching your kids grow up, and being a parent, and being a grandparent. Somebody created that joy, and it wasn't all of these gods that are unknown, or that have temples built to them, but have never walked in your shoes. This God has. He's not unknown, he's known, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he's making the invitation to you today. He says, I want to satisfy your soul, but you got to get connected with me because you're not going to find it anywhere else. Paul says to the philosophers and the Stoics and all the religious people, worship the giver, not the gifts. Worship the giver, not the gifts. And keep everything else in perspective. They'll never fill you up. What gets your affection today? What are you most passionate about? And I kind of thought to myself, well, if we're going to talk about passion, we should probably talk about what God's passionate about. What would go up on his whiteboard? What, what would go on God's fridge? The things that he's passionate about. Well, it turns out, out of a few key things, kids. He's absolutely passionate about kids. All throughout scripture, Jesus is lifting up the role Of kids, And it's not just a little plug for children's ministry. This is the centrality of Jesus' teaching about the kingdom. Mark chapter 10, verse 13, Jesus is teaching the crowds. And you have to understand at this time, the, the rungs of society, men were up here. It's just the way it was. Men were up here. Women were down here. And then way down there on the floor were kids. And Jesus is growing in popularity, and he's giving a big sermon. He's giving a speech. And we pick it up in Mark chapter 10, verse 13 people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them, and when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. That word for indignant there is agonak teo. Everybody say agonak teo. It means to feel deeply, deep inside, viscerally. This is only used a few times in Scripture when Jesus is indignant. The other time is when he's flipping over tables in the temple. This time, people are messing with his kids. People are lowering, lowering their value of children. And he's not mildly upset. He's indignant. The story continues in verse 14. Let's read this together. Jesus responds, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. This isn't a VBS thing. It's not a children's ministry thing. It's God's heart. And it would be very easy for us after this week to say, wow, what an amazing week of VBS. It was great. Over 200 kids. We had baptisms. It was awesome. Good. Now we can close up shop and get ready for next year and just kind of be a little holy safe huddle here inside of our walls and forget about kids until the big show next year. But the problem is that's not how Jesus did Ministry, in John chapter 1, we read that the word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Translation, Jesus moved into the neighborhood and stayed. And he walked in your shoes. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Because ministry isn't just in big events, it's in the streets, and it's in relationships. And so, we've talked about this a lot as a staff. When it comes to reaching kids, there's a mission field out there. And there's different types of kids that have different needs and I want to talk to you about three different parts of that mission field today. First, it's those cute kids that you saw up here today, the ones that are already here. We call it Hope Kids. And they're here because you're here. And we love them. And we want to ha- we want them to have an incredible incredible experience and we can go out all out every single week to do that. They're your kids. And obviously, we're in Summer Hope Kids right now. They're up there doing that, and then in the fall, we'll kick kick off Hope Kids again, and we would love to have your help with that. We're always looking for more people to help with that. But they're here, and and when we're here as a church, we want to constantly be focusing outward. And so there are hundreds, if not thousands, of families with kids that exist in our community that if invited, they would come. And some of you are like, That's the last thing I would do. I can't imagine, like, going up to somebody and inviting them to church or having their kids come to Hope Kids. Who does that? (laughs) You do. You do. This, This Friday, I was just about ready to walk out. After I peeled myself off of the floor, I was just about ready to walk out, and I ran into this mom and her two kids, a fourth grader and a first grader. I didn't recognize them. And I introduced myself, and I said, hey, I'm Pastor John. And the little girl said, no, you're not. You're Splash Dude. I said, no, I'm Pastor John. And I introduced myself, and turns out they'd never been to worship here before, but they came to Vacation Bible School because a family in our church invited them. And she said, I want to thank you so much, John. My kid's had an incredible, incredible time this week. I think we're going to come back. I think we're going to check it out. And uh, she said, but I have to tell you this. It's kind of funny that you're my pastor, but I'm going to tell you this. Anyway, she said, Jake, our our fourth grader, well, he he took some really long showers this week. I'm like, okay, this is odd. And so she said, on day three or four this week, I finally went in there, and I said, Jake, what are you doing? You're taking like 20, 20, 25-minute showers. And kind of in the muffledness of the steamy room, she heard, Mom, I'm getting soaked in God's love, baby. Tells me that their first grade daughter every day said, Mommy, they told us to invite a friend. Who can I invite tomorrow? Who can I invite? And then the mom says, Oh, yeah, one more thing about Jake. The next morning at breakfast, he said, Mommy, I think I want to get baptized. Mind you, we had a water theme this week, but we didn't mention the word baptism once. He says, mommy, I want to get baptized. She said, do you think you could help us out with that? And I said, absolutely. That's why we exist. That's why we exist. To see lives changed. Are you soaked in God's love? (laughs) Why not share it? you experience the greatest thing in the world, why would you not share it? Why would it not overflow onto other people that you meet? You can be a part of it. If you're interested in that today, just turn your bulletin over and just write it right on your card there. I want to help out with Hope Kids, and we would love to plug you in. But if you'll notice, there's a third ring. There's kids out here that probably have never or will never step into one of our worship services. And you want to know what's true of them? that's true of these kids, that's true of these kids, they're all God's kids. Every single one of them. And we saw a lot of these kids from the neighborhood this weekend. Lots of them. And because of your generosity of offering scholarships for these kids, over 40 of these kids from the neighborhood that would not have been able to come to VBS otherwise were able to. So praise God for that. Thank you for that. That's awesome. but it wasn't easy. And many of you discovered this week that ministry is hard. Going on mission for God and doing ministry the way that we do it is hard because sometimes they don't listen and sometimes they're difficult. And I'll be honest with you, one of the hardest things that we have to do sometimes with these kids that are coming from home experiences where they haven't received any discipline at all, so they don't know any different is ask them to leave sometimes or to take them home because they're causing an unsafe atmosphere for the other kids, which is our number one priority is your kid's safety. And we reach out as much as we can, and some of them, some of the boys the first night, we had to ask to not come back because of repeated behavior. And so (laughs) that was Monday, and Tuesday, I'm walking out to take some pictures, and I walk out to the parking lot, And there's a few cars out there, and I see this face pop out from behind one of the cars. And I'm like, "It's a kid lost his group? And so I went over to him, and he kind of ducked behind the car like he didn't want to be seen. It's one of these little boys. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was one of the boys that we had asked not to come back. And I asked him his name, and I got to know him, and then it hit me. He walked all the way here. He lives way, way up the hill in Sherman Hill. He's this tall. And even after we asked him not to come back, he still came back. Good for him. And we connected with him, and we loved him, and what he told me I will never forget. I said, buddy, what are you doing here? He said, I was wondering if I could do some more of that God stuff. I was wondering if I could do some more of that God stuff. And as I'm like trying to wipe the tears out of my eyes and he says, oh yeah, can I have a free t-shirt too? <laughs> yes, you can have a t-shirt. So some of our team and the staff from Freedom for Youth walked him out and, and loved him. And a few weeks ago, if you were here, we talked about how as a church we're called to build wells for Jesus' living water to quench people's thirst, not fences. to to stay within our walls and to form holy huddles and say, it's us and them, we're called to build wells. And I can say in that moment, I thought, God, we're doing it, we're building wells because he walked here, because he came back here, because he experienced something here that he's not getting anywhere else. And it's the love of Jesus Christ. These kids need Jesus, they need Jesus. And he experienced that living water here. Who are these kids? They're kids that are hiding behind cars in the parking lot in their shame. And they're God's kids. And we're called to reach them. And so in a few weeks here, we're going to kick off for the third straight year. This program we're doing that you've heard about calls Whiz Kids. We offer a meal and, and mentoring and, and coaching for these kids and, and, and games. And we teach them about uh, Bible, Bible stories. It's, it's VBS smashed into an hour, a couple hours for these kids. Ari from Freedom for Youth, who we partner with and our missions, uh, one of our mission partners out there, she would love to talk with you today about that. And I want to challenge you. Take one step today. Maybe it's getting involved with WizKids. We have an informational meeting this Wednesday, so you don't have to wait to hear about it would encourage you to check that out. This Wednesday informational meeting for Hope Kids, you can sign up anytime. Invite somebody. Think about that family that you could invite. Have your kids invite them if you don't want to do it. They're better at it than we are. Have your kids invite them. As we said, there's, there's uh, school supply baggies back there. Take one step today. I challenge you. I dare you. They're God's kids, and they deserve our very best. I was thinking about this sermon all week, and I'm like, pour out my heart, and I can tell you these stories. But how can I convince you how important kids are to take one step? And I was shuffling through hundreds of pictures that volunteers took of VBS this week as I was finishing up my sermon. And I came across these. Go ahead. Keep going. That's my son, the most excited child in the history of vacation Bible school that shirt that he's wearing he has worn since last Sunday hashtag parenting win right there and I was thinking about it (laughs) even if he was the only kid here we'd do all of this I would lose my voice all over again even if he was the only kid here And then it hit me, God said, John, maybe that's just a glimpse. The love that you have for your son, the love that you have for Caleb, maybe that's just a glimpse of the love that I have for you. Maybe it's just a glimpse of the love that I have for every one of these kids, regardless of their home situation, regardless if they have a home or not, and regardless of where they live. God says, maybe that's just a glimpse of my heart for them. And if you're gonna be a church after my heart, I want you to love kids passionately. The love that you have for Caleb is just, it's just a glimpse of the love that he has for you today. That he has for every single one of you. On Friday night, we showed the kids this video This may, we made, this little drama of a boy. could be a boy or a girl. All these kids that go through their lives. And just like them, we go through our lives. And as you watch this last video, I want you to think about what are the labels that have been put on you? What are the mistakes that you've made? What are the things that you regret from your past? And watch how Jesus washes us clean and what it looks like to get soaked in God's love. Let's take a look. Yeah, praise God. Absolutely. (laughs) Here's what I want you to hear today. That's for you. Every single one of us is that little boy that's standing there going, do I really wanna go in, all in with this Jesus thing? I really wanna let him have everything, everything I have, everything from my past and my present and my future, can I really give it all to him? What does it look like for you to get soaked in God's love, to let it all the way in today? That's our hope and our prayer for every single kid, minus the beach balls and the goofy songs and the goofy skits and everything that we do. If every child can walk out of here knowing that they are loved more than they will ever know, that they are washed clean by God, then that is our number one desire. And sometimes for kids to get that message across, you have to do it in a lot of different ways. And one of the goofy ways that we kind of did that was this little game, this little gag, that we would did. i encourage you to play along with me here this morning, but I'd be out here and talking with the kids and all of a sudden in the middle of our program, I would say, boys and girls, look, way up there. It's, it's big and it's deep and it's wide. And they're all looking around going, oh, oh, I said, it's God's love. It's God's love and it's so big and there's so much of it for you and there's always more with God's love. And you should see the looks on these kids' faces. They're like, where is it? Are they going to have to cut a hole through the roof? God's love is coming. I said, it's so big. And I said, get out your arms like this. It's so big, you're going to have to catch it. And then we we count to three, and they come, and and we we all catch it together. And it's so big, and we fall down. And we catch it, and I say, boys and girls, what do you do with God's love? And they yell, you put it in your heart. And then once you put it in your heart, you can't keep it to yourself, because it's so good that you... Share it with other people. You share it, and you invite. You invite, you invite, and you share it with everybody that you know.